Welcome to the New Orleans Saints podcast on this Wednesday, March the 24th. We call it Wonderful Wednesday here on the <laughs> podcast. I'm John DeShazia, and I am steering the mothership today uh, in place of Caroline Gonzalez. So uh, like George Clinton, jump on, strap in, and hang with me here while we uh, get to some business. We're going to have on Mike Triplett with myself today. We'll talk uh, New Orleans Saints and James Winston, obviously. Uh, the free agent quarterback who re-signed with the Saints. But let's first start with a kind of an acknowledgement to uh, one of the New Orleans Saints games day staff workers, uh, Herbert Billiot, passed uh, 45 years uh, doing that thing for the Saints in the Mercedes-Benz Superdome where he would you know, distribute stats. We used to see Mr. Herb every home game, uh, one of the familiar faces there. So obviously condolences to his family, uh, lost in the Saints community. And um, so obviously that's a, that's a huge acknowledgement. Did it uh, from what I see, uh, round trip 300 miles each home game from Rain, Louisiana. So that's a huge dedication. I, wow. yeah. I, I'm driving from the West Bank and I don't want to go. So I can't imagine what it'd be like doing it a 300 mile road trip. But but now we're gonna we gotta bring in Mike Triplett, my co-workers. And first, Mike, before we talk football, it is that time of year always. NCAA Women's Basketball Tournament. And I have to remind people, men, men might used to work together at the Times-Picune, now Times-Picune Advocate, New Orleans Advocate. And um, we did, what, three, four women's Final Fours together? I was at LSU for two years, and obviously I'm a good luck charm, but it made for some long seasons because we would I would go from football, and, and that was the, the first year was the year they won the title with Saban to, to uh, women's basketball and they went to the final four both years and then college baseball and they went to Omaha both years. <laughs> wow, wow. So there were, there were not many breaks in those schedules, but yes, I found And what's amazing about the women's basketball teams you're talking about is it was Tamika Johnson, Simone Augustus, Sylvia Files, and they're th- still like three of the <laughs> three best players in the entire country. I see them on the Olympic team every year. I was like, I guess I was covering some incredible greatness back then. Yeah, you hit a, you hit a great streak, and me and my they always got the theme song. So me and Mike would like pick up the theme song, and we'd end up singing the theme song like almost the whole final four. So. Oh man, we lost our minds a few times <laughs> over those years. And look, here's the dirty little secret about SEC football. As we keep digressing here, is SEC football is some of the best football, is some of the best sports in the country. But they're not glamorous cities. I mean, we stayed in some, you know, Motel 8s by the roadside in some small towns covering SEC football. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was not always pretty. It was not it was pretty, but uh, but the other stuff, the hotels and all that, yeah, not always pretty. Not always pretty. So, uh, Jameis Winston um, is back for the New Orleans Saints. He's going to compete for the starting quarterback uh, position. And, and I guess, Mike, what, what was your, your main takeaway from his media availability on Tuesday because he, you know, it went, you know, maybe 20, 25 minutes, yeah. but it was one of those where, you know, the guys, you can see why people like him. Yeah. No, look, I mean, obviously the main takeaway was the same as everyone else when he started crying uh, and, and the passion and the sincerity was so evident while, while talking about Drew Brees, but he took it to another level. And obviously in, in, in our business, we love it when, when people let you behind the curtain and the question was about, hey, we saw Drew Brees put his arm around you and say something, you know, at the end of that last game. What was it? And he took it all the way to people just don't understand that if you are a quarterback, you're a person. 
and you're a person that has grown up your whole life watching other great quarterbacks like Drew Brees and to realize that I'm in a playoff game and with Drew Brees and Drew Brees has taken this time to talk to me. He said, y'all don't understand how much that means. And so it was a really human moment. That, that, that was awesome. But yeah, there's no question. We haven't seen a ton of Jameis Winston on the field, but just in some glimpses of talking to him and certainly talking to teammates and even Sean Payton, his, his like passion and, and presence is something that has stood out to these guys a lot in, in the last year. Yeah. Were you surprised that he re-signed with the Saints? Now, personally, I was not, to be honest. I, I maybe I'm maybe I'm crazy. I just didn't think one that he'd have a whole lot of options, and two, I thought this option would be the best for him. Yeah. To become into a ready-made team, and even if the contract wasn't what he wanted it to be, if he became the starter, the contract quickly would become what he wanted it to be in future years. But were you surprised that he resigned? No, I, I fully. I, well, I shouldn't say fully. I, I strongly expected him to resign, but. Yeah, I thought the only way to get him out of New Orleans is to say, you're our guy, you're our starter, and here is starter money, uh, at least more than, you know, $10 million a year. So we don't know for sure if the Bears offered the same thing they offered Andy Dalton to Jameis Winston or if Washington would have offered him the same thing they offered Ryan Fitzpatrick. Those two guys got more money, but they got like one year, $10 million, and even that is not a guarantee. So with the Saints – it was a little less money, but you know, if, if somebody had offered him the Teddy Bridgewater deal, like Carolina did, he would have been gone. But, but for another, you're probably our starter. Here's a one year commitment. I, I would not have seen him leaving this situation for that. Cause this could, this obviously has the opportunity to turn into something special. Now it's a real competition with Taysom Hill. They have not assured him or guaranteed him of anything, but there is a path to this being, you know, one of the best starting opportunities in the whole league. How do you, we're going to look into the crystal ball now. How do you how do you foresee the quarterback competition, you know, coming out? Because, you know, Taysom yeah. started four games for the Saints, although Jameis Winston has started, you know, 40, 50 yeah. games in the NFL. So how do you kind of foresee it taking shape? Well, first of all, I kind of dismiss that they chose Taysom over Jameis Winston last year. Taysom had been here for four years. Jameis had just shown up. Taysom had just signed that two-year deal and Sean Payton said he had promised him, if an opportunity comes along, we're going to give you that opportunity. So that, you know, Taysom was in line ahead of Jameis Winston last year, but this year I think they're on even, even ground. And without like actually having specific knowledge of how the Saints view it, uh, I have to think they almost want Jameis Winston to earn it. Not, not, not that they're, you know, rooting for Jameis over Taysom, but it makes things a lot better if Jameis clearly wins this battle because he's younger. I think he's got a higher ceiling. I mean, it's, it's hard not to say that when he's the number one pick in the entire NFL draft. And if he's the quarterback, then Taysom Hill is, is, you know, still being used in that other role, but Taysom Hill, they genuinely believe in him too. So Jameis Winston really will have to earn it. He will not, they won't hand anything over because they know they have a guy they can win with. In Taysom Hill. Yeah, and I guess for the Saints though, does it work out better if Jameis wins it because you have Taysom in the multiple multiple sure. and because, you know, when Taysom play in that many roles, it kind of saves you from having to draft yeah. right in or yeah. draft another fullback or draft another, whatever, because you've got him in so many different roles. Yeah. And, and look, here's, 
I'm going to be probably the last person still on Taysom Hill Island one day. Cause I still think like, I still think there's a path to where like he could have become Josh Allen or still could become Josh Allen. Um, maybe not the Josh Allen we saw last year. I don't know if Josh Allen will ever play like that again, but I think if you fully committed to Taysom Hill, I think you could win with him at quarterback. I, I think he should have probably run even more than he did last season, especially when he got into trouble. But my biggest qualm about Taysom Hill as a full-time starting quarterback is the injury risk. And not just because of his college injury history, but because he plays quarterback like he's a linebacker. He yeah. still never slid in the NFL once. Maybe he ran out of bounds once. Uh, but usually he lowers his head and, and he delivers a hit on whoever is trying to tackle him. It's hard to play that way uh, for 16 games. So there's a number of reasons why it, it's probably the best case for this scenario for Jameis Winston to earn the starting job not to be handed the starting job but to earn it and look we all believe you know we haven't seen Sean we've seen Sean Payton do a lot of great things we've never seen him really mold a young quarterback since Tony Romo uh in, in Dallas because he's had Drew Brees the whole time but we all believe that him and Pete Carmichael and this staff is is one of the best in the league I, I think there is every possibility that they you know this could become uh uh you know uh, nothing guaranteed, but this could become a great second act for James Winston. I think there's a ton of potential still untapped there. Now, if it is James, how does the offense change, or does it change? Do you right. do the same things you did with Drew, Drew, right. Reed, or does it, or does it, you know, modify? Well, I mean, uh, now there we do have a track record with Sean Payton. When you say, <laughs> "How does the offense change?" Which offense are you talking about? Because remember. <laughs> Remember that this offense used to lead the league in passing yards and Drew Brees used to throw for 5,400, 5,300, 5,200, 5,100, you know, every year, you know, yeah. uh, people used to think this was the, was the run and shoot. And then yeah. over the last four years, when Drew Brees got older, it became more about high percentage throws, high completion percentage, low turnovers, run game, clock management, move the chains. So uh, your answer is you've seen every, every form of offense. Yeah. Uh, and so I do think it would adapt more to, I mean, obviously more downfield throws. I, we, we can go on a whole tangent about the criticism of Drew Brees for not being able to throw the ball down the field when he got older. I think that just makes him more impressive that he continued to be one of the most effective quarterbacks in the league when you took that tool out of his, his tool belt. But yes, you have to feature downfield throws with Jameis Winston is probably his number one strength. Every time Sean Payton talks about him, uh, the first or second breath is his arm talent. And, and, and look at the trick play he designed in the playoff game. We saw a 56-yard touchdown pass from him. Um, obviously, they need to improve his accuracy. They probably need to teach him how to throw to Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas more and settle for high-percentage throws. Uh, but, but downfield throws will become a big part of this offense. There's no doubt about it. You know, I was, I was kind of going to lean into that. Does this increase Alvin Kamara's usage? Because – We've seen him in, you know, last season, even though he missed the one game, the, the, the regular season finale, but he was pretty much phenomenal for the 15 uh, and his usage rate went up a little bit last year, but can he sustain that the way the Saints use him? Because they seem to be pretty good about balancing, you know, how many carries he gets, how many touches he gets, those yeah. but does his usage rise? I don't think rise necessarily. Um, and I, that is something we don't really know about Jameis Winston. He doesn't have a huge history of, throwing to his backs out of the backfield, but he doesn't have a huge history of playing with Alvin Kamara types. I, I mean, he just led the league in passing a couple of years ago and he had, you know, one of the deepest receiving cores in the league and he was throwing to Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, but that doesn't mean he won't throw a ton to Alvin Kamara when that's what he has. 
at his disposal. So, um, but I don't, th- I don't think usage would have to go up with a different quarterback uh, with Kamara. And actually the one thing we saw that I thought was a little surprising was when they switched to Taysom Hill last year, it was kind of a reminder that it's not that easy to throw check downs to Kamara. Everybody was kind of noticing. <laughs> and it reminded me of what Adrian Peterson once said when he came here, he said, yeah, I haven't caught a lot of, uh, passes in my career but you know the quarterbacks that I played with weren't that great at throwing checkdowns to running backs and he said if you notice the one year I played with Brett Favre he threw to me a ton because he recognizes what's going on on the back side of the field so what's interesting is is the check down to Alvin Kamara feels like an afterthought or a, well there's an easy throw but maybe that's not as easy <laughs> as we think it, it, when you look at Jameis and we got as you said a little peek behind the, the, the curtain yesterday uh, but his personality, do you do you see why people gravitate to him? I mean, we've heard teammates speak highly of him. We didn't see a whole lot, but, I mean, these guys seem like they, they love him. No, it seems like it. And I, like I said, that was one of the first stories I did on him at the end of training camp last year is when you ask some guys what's Jameis like, that, that was the first thing they mentioned above all else. Um, and there were stories like that in Tampa as well, uh, um, how much how much teammates really enjoyed his presence. So uh, obviously we haven't got to know him enough to, to speak on that, but but that is a popular thing you've heard from teammates for sure. Okay, now Mike, this is the first time the Saints have an unsettled starting quarterback situation in forever. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, do you look forward to it? I mean, do you do you get a, a little anticipation saying, you know what, it's going to kind of be fun to watch these guys have a real competition because we hadn't seen that kind of thing around here. So, you know, that's what, you go to training camp. Okay, Drew Brees is your quarterback. And then you start looking at other stuff. But now you actually have to pay a lot of attention. Right, 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 right. Yeah, you could you could definitely fall asleep at the wheel covering some of these training. Like, like it used to be like, all right, Training camp observation day one. Who's going to win that fourth receiver job? <laughs> now it's number one starting quarterback job. Uh, uh, so the stakes are definitely higher. I mean, it's hard to say I'm going to look forward to covering the Saints without Drew Brees, uh, both on the field and off. You know, he's great with the media and, and provided, you know, an, an incredible 16-year run of – of, of football to cover in this town. So um, I, I hope we're still seeing high quality quarterback play from the Saints. But yeah, when you're talking about covering the team in training camp, all eyes will be glued to that position. And that has been something that we've taken for granted for a long time. Now, does that, you know, get Mike Triplett more appearances on the ESPN on TV? That, cause- Pro- probably, yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, when, it's, when, it's about the, uh, when it's about the quarterback position, uh, uh, that, yeah. With the Cesar Ruiz, Eric McCoy, who's going to play guard, who's going to play center, and you know they weren't they weren't uh, they weren't having me uh, in makeup every morning last summer. <laughs> All right, folks. Well, we're going to have Mike in his blazer and his makeup at training, <laughs> but uh, he'll be there because the Saints are going to have a quarterback competition. It's going to be between Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill. Somebody's going to come out on top of that, and uh, and the other guy's going to support the other guy. We'd imagine, and the Saints are going to try to keep it rolling, but. We're going to thank Mike, as usual, uh, for being a friend of the program and joining us here on this Wednesday. Uh, Always enjoy having him. You can check out this podcast on our mobile app as well as all of our other platforms. Uh, And we'll thank Daniel Salerson for being our producer today. I really needed his help because I don't know how to do this kind of stuff. Thank (laughs) you. (laughs) <laughs> but that's and John, I want to thank you for, for saying that it was Wednesday, March 24th, very clearly, because as you know, 
when you're a sports writer, you never know what day it is or what date it is in the offseason. <laughs> that story on that is I was asking Daniel, hey, is this going to run today? And then I looked at my phone to get the date. <laughs> so that's the back on that. You know, I didn't really know until I asked Daniel and yeah. then I checked. So that's how that goes. And you are exactly, exactly right. Sports writers never know the day of the week. We always just know the next thing that's coming up. And uh, so the next thing that's coming up is another podcast, but it won't be uh, on this day. It'll be sometime in the future, and Caroline will probably be back by then. But we thank Mike again uh, for joining us and for always uh, being so knowledgeable about the Saints. Uh, we appreciate his time. And you guys check out the New Orleans Saints podcast uh, brought to you by SeatGeek on all of our platforms. Uh, we'll be here in the future, and we're going to have a lot more fun in the future. <laughs>